Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja. Now, crowdfunding is an increasingly popular way to fund a startup or significant expansion phases of business. And this week, I wanted to bring in someone who has done just that. So Matt Lowe has crowdfunded the growth of his fitness class business by raising capital to open a physical space. And I wanted to bring him on to talk both about the marketing he did during the campaign to make sure it's funded successfully, because a lot of campaigns go out and not many of them get funded. So I wanted to find out exactly what he did to make sure his campaign got funded. Um, But I also wanted to ask him about his experience with crowdfunding in general and to get his opinion on what the experience was like for his company and what growth has been like since. So we talk all about where his business was before he did the crowdfunding, how he went through the process, how he marketed it, and he is very non-traditional in how he ran the marketing for his campaign. Um, And then what's happened since, and and we get a kind of bit of a feel for what he would do differently were he to do it again. Don't forget that you can head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request a free digital marketing review and strategic plan from us. We'll spend about 30 minutes going through your website and your marketing as a video send it over to you no obligation you can then follow the plan yourself or you can ask for help with it if you like so that's exposureninja.com forward slash review anyway without further ado welcome to the show so matt welcome to the show thanks man well thanks for having me Cool. So uh, take us back to the beginning. Where was your business when you first decided to do this crowdfunding campaign? So we were doing outdoor fitness classes. So we were doing pay where you like fitness classes, which was uh, we were doing one a week. And then within uh, within a space of six, seven months, we grew to six a week uh, when I brought in two other trainers. And what it was, they were just fitness classes made up to make fitness more accessible for people, no matter what kind of financial background they, that they had. People came and a lot of people paid zero, zero pounds. Some people paid five pounds. Some people paid 10, 20. But yeah, it was just getting people back into fitness and giving them an, an option to work out. So that's what we were, where we were previously to actually crowdfunding. I was also personally, personal training at the time. So I had a client base that I was training at a, a personal training studio in East London. Okay, so you basically took the Radiohead approach to uh, to fitness classes. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. So it was within that six, seven months, we grew to six classes a week. Um, so we did, we were doing a shortage. So we we're doing Allen Gardens. We did one in, we did one in Herm Hill. We did one in Clapham. We did one in, in Clerkenwell. So I took on two more other trainers and we we're doing six a week. Okay, so the, the business was growing, but it was still a, a relatively you know, startup phase, basically. So I'm guessing there wasn't too much capital around, hence the desire to do the crowdfunding. No, absolutely. So, I mean, the desire to do crowdfunding was literally to see, you know, it was it was an option to see, you know, we kind of, I kind of realized I live in London, weather isn't great. We were doing outdoor classes at the time. How can we bring people indoors, but still keeping with our ethos? Because if you ran a business under a pay what you like model, I think anyone can do the math saying, you know, there's no kind of um, steady stream of income there. Yeah. So it was more of a, you know, build a business plan, work out, you know, how how can you actually make this business sustainable and um, get some form of money in? 
Okay, so were you at that stage? Were you kind of committed to continuing with the pay, pay what you like thing? You knew that was going to be part of the business for the foreseeable future. I mean, absolutely. It's all, it all about with the pay what you like model. It's all about um, bringing something back to a community um, and uh, creating a community and kind of you know giving giving people access to some form of fitness. Not everyone can afford to pay for a personal trainer or pay for a gym, but having that kind of every Saturday, they used to come to Allen Gardens at nine o'clock in the morning in that park itself. There used to be a lot of drunk people, a lot of, <laughs> and, you know, and, and they were all around us, but you know, everyone still came because they liked the community that we kind of created within that hour of time at nine o'clock every morning on a Saturday. So it, yeah, I was very committed to it. I absolutely loved doing it. And uh, it was great to, just meet so many different people because you know sometimes you had 10 people sometimes you had five people sometimes you had 20 people it really you know it varied all the time really interesting so i think let's come back to the the pay what you like thing i've got some questions about how that fits into to what you're up to now but you decided to go for crowdfunding so that you could build or so that you could have your own space to do these classes right so people wouldn't have to hang out with the drunk people um and there's a door to keep them out or whatever or maybe you let them in i don't know um why why did you identify crowdfunding as the way to to finance this space rather than say going to the bank and asking for a loan or or i guess a more traditional form of investment yeah i mean um to tell you the truth crowdfunding was actually one of my last options you know i i i built a business plan with my business planner and um, I asked a few um, people um, if they were interested in investing and I got turned down probably about three, four times. And then my brother actually turned around and said to me, he said, why don't you try crowdfunding? And I was like, you know, what? I've never ever thought about crowdfunding before. And then he talked to me about, he said, I'll, I'll be happy to give you a capital injection if you went down a crowdfunding route. So I was like, you know, what do I have to lose? <laughs> you know, what, what, what can I gain? What can I lose out of this? So that's where the crowdfunding idea came from. So I kind of have my brother to thank for that, if anything. <laughs> and I guess that's exactly, that's the appeal of crowdfunding, right? What do I have to lose? If you launch a campaign and it doesn't get funded, you're exactly where you were anyway. If you get funded, awesome. It's a kind of no risk option, isn't it, I suppose? No, absolutely. So uh, your risks are quite minimal. I mean, you want to, you want to be successful successful in your crowdfunding campaign because it goes out to so many people, but you literally put your pride aside and just literally just hope for the best all the time. Yeah, and I think you put your pride aside more than most, but we'll get into that. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, obviously, there's two different flavors of crowdfunding. There's the kind of Kickstarter thing where you're selling a physical product and you essentially selling your product before it's produced right uh, but you took a slightly different approach didn't you and ended up giving away equity so maybe you could take us down the path to how you decided to give away equity and and how much you decided to give away yeah so in regards to equity we gave away 30 percent um in total and we based it on the amount um that we needed to actually crowdfund and then we based it on how much a uh, percentage on how much our company valuation could actually be because at that given time, our company was still just a piece of paper. So people were just investing into an idea. So it would be very stupid for us to say, our company is valued at 
500 million, uh, 500,000 pounds, half a million pounds, and it's just a piece of paper, it's just an idea. So we had to go through a relatively more sensible approach and value our company at 250,000. Uh, we pitched for 75,000 pounds because that's how much we needed to get off the ground, which included things like building works, um, equipment, um, our down payment for the property that we took. Um, and then based on that, it was 30% that we had to give away. Cool. So 75k and you hit your target obviously and you gave away 30 percent. so you weren't tempted to do the classic dragon's den thing of even though your business is just an idea go in and say you know what we're worth a million and we want a hundred grand for ten percent <laughs> yeah just it, it, yeah that just doesn't appeal to me whatsoever no i don't think i've ever seen that approach work anyway but um <laughs> how important in using the platform that you used for, for crowdfunding how important do you think it was to to value the business appropriately? Is this something where people are looking at it as a as if they are a dragon? Are they looking at the valuation and the amount of equity they're getting and are they making a decision or do they just want to be involved in the business and they don't look too critically at, at the valuation? Uh, I mean, the beauty of crowdfunding is that you can put anything from £10 to £10,000 in and even beyond, right? So a lot of the times, you know, your friends and family, or, you know, a lot of my friends via my WhatsApp list, uh, they put in, they put down their £10 in, which was great. And for them, it was more of a case of, you know, just seeing that, showing a little bit of belief in the company. But for, some, but for someone who put in £10,000, now they would look into the business plan a little bit more. Um, they would have a look at your idea and say, okay, is this person investable? Because at, at, you know, at the end of the day, they're investing in you. That Yes, they, you might, they're investing in your idea as well, but they are you know, entirely investing in you as a person. So if I, you know, for me to say that my company was valued at £250,000 meant that I actually put some thought into it, I actually put some effort into it. And yeah. um, it's, you know, a starting, a, a, it's a starting project. Whereas yeah. if I said it was valued at a million pounds, they'd be going, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to talk to this guy, you know? So <laughs> it was it was more of a, you know, be sensible, approach the investment round. No matter who you're talking to, whether it's someone who's invested £10 or £10,000, be sensible about it. Delusion is a, an unattractive quality in someone that you're investing no. in. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So that's uh, a really great point you make. So basically you could get people at, a, at quite a low level to invest and just take a punt because anyone can afford to lose 10 quid or whatever. But once you're going for the larger amounts, you really need to, you need to make a bit more of a business case. So the promotional material used in in that used in your campaign and that people on Kickstarter use is, is absolutely crucial, isn't it, to the to the success of the campaign? So, how much thought did you put into how you presented your pitch on the crowdfunding website? Did you make a video? Did you use pictures? Like, how how did you make sure that when people landed on that page, that it was a compelling proposition that you were making? Well, I mean, Crowdcube does very well in terms of and helping you to ensure that your pitch is very attractive. So they kind of give you the basics of what you need. So they'll go through our various different questions. So they'll go through your market analysis, uh, what the business idea is, why you started the business. And then they also say you must have a video. So there are some certain criteria that you must hit. You'll work with them for roughly about, we worked with them for about a month and a half to two months in order to make our uh, pitch very attractive and um, investment ready. And then we also worked on our video for around a month. So it went, you know, two days filming, sorry, about two, three days filming, including other areas as well. And then 
um, and then putting it all together. So it, yeah, I mean, you need to make sure that your pitch looks very professional. It speaks about the business in, you know, just a few words and you, you need to grab people's attention straight away. And, and what were the what were the key points? Because you know they always, whenever you watch Dragons Den or something like this, they always want the little the little kind of sound bites, the summary of the market, the summary of the opportunity. What were the key messages that you really wanted to make sure people knew about your business so that you kind of stood out and that, so they got it immediately? I wanted people to know about why we started in the beginning. If you cannot describe your business in a matter of a couple of words, then it's going to be hard to. Uh, half of people to actually take a grasp of your business. So I think showing your belief and showing your why is very, very important. And giving them like a, showing them like a journey of what you want to do and how you want to kind of take this business forward. Um, because you want to, you know, these these investors, they'll, they'll be with you from the beginning, but they also want to see what the journey is going to be like as well. Yeah, so you have to sell them a bigger picture, a bigger vision, I guess. Absolutely. Cool. So you work with Crowdcoop, you got all the promotional stuff on the site, everything's ready to go. Before the campaign goes live, what are you feeling? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Do you think that you're going to be successful? Like what's going through your head? Well, I didn't know they went live. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I just got an email saying, oh, it's live. I was like, okay. (laughs) And that was it. And so... I'd love to be able to give you a better answer to him, but <laughs> the, truth, the truth is I didn't know. And like, I, it might have been because there was so much going on because you're so incredibly busy just making sure your pitch is right and going through your everyday life anyway. Yeah. And then suddenly it just goes on because an email comes on and goes, oh, your crowdfunding campaign is now live. And you're like, oh, okay. My crowdfunding campaign is now live. Fantastic. Great. And that so was it. I'm guessing you clicked the link, right? And then you had a look and what did you see? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I definitely clicked link. It's <laughs> just a whole check that was my actually it was my campaign up there. But um, yeah, I definitely clicked the link, and I saw. Uh, I think I was, I was on my laptop at the time, and I um, I saw our crowdfunding campaign, and it just looked really good. You know, I was really happy with how it all turned out. The video was there. The video looked great, and yeah, I was. I, you know, I was just excited and raring to go. But at that time, I did. I didn't know that. You know, I, I thought it was a case of, ah, oh, let's just wait for investment to come in. But, you know, I was very, very excited on that day one. And had you attracted any funding yet? Um, on day one? Yeah. I, invested, uh, I think I got about £10 in. Okay. So that, that had you started, when you saw that, did you panic? Were you thinking, was that in line with your expectations? Like, No, I was really excited that £10 came in. But then I think probably about half an hour after that £10 came in, it kind of hit me to say, shit, £10 is in. What do I do? I've still got 74000 or whatever <laughs> it is that I need to try, <laughs> try and invest and try and get in. And I was like, I've never seen £74,000 in my life. Like, how does that even look like <laughs> in one go? Like, how do I even get that? So it kind of hit me after, um, yeah, after that £10 came in, after probably about day two, and then I sit down with my brother again. And my brother said, um, how do you plan to market uh, your crowdcube campaign. And I was like, what do you mean? I don't have to market my crowdcube campaign. I can just wait for the crowd to come in. He was like, no, mate, you need to market. So I was like, okay, great. So that's when I had to contact my whole WhatsApp list, uh, take my pride away, text every single person I, um, I possibly know and say, hi, mate. I know, I'm, you know, I think a few, a few of the ones I said, I know I haven't spoken to you in the past five years, <laughs> but I'm doing a, a crowdcube campaign. 
to launch my business, could you invest or could you put, did you donate a bit of money? Wow. And bless so many of them that they actually turned around and, you know, said, oh, this, this project is awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to invest, even if it was £10. It just, you know, it was so overwhelming how many people actually showed a bit of belief in me. And that was always a, a nice feeling to have. Do you know what? I don't, I don't think that many business owners in your position would have had the guts to do that. That's quite a thing, isn't it? To go out to friends and family. Like you say, you've got to take your ego out of it completely. You're basically... I mean, it's not begging, but you're asking for a favor from people and you're asking them to take a gamble on your business. So did you have a huge belief that this would be successful or was it in your eyes, was it a gamble that you were, did you feel like you were gambling with their, with their money or did it feel like a no brainer? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person and I have a strong belief that the business will uh, be very successful. So I was, I was very you know, I had that strong belief from the very beginning. I still have it now. But at that time, yeah, took all my pride away, spoke to these people that I was spoken to in absolute donkey years. And, you know, it was, but the great thing is that once they invested, they told their friends and then they told their friends and then they told their family. And it kind of, you know, it was a ripple effect. And that was amazing. And like the, the whole backstory about it, like I managed to, meet up with a lot of these people and a lot of these friends that I haven't spoken to for three years or five years and had a coffee with them, had lunch with them, had dinner with them. And it was so nice to catch up with people because <laughs> throughout the past like five years, I've been so busy with life that I've actually put my social life aside and I still have done so in the past year. I'm not going to go into that for now, but, <laughs> um, but I put my social life aside for the past five years that, I haven't actually spoken to half these people and it was amazing to catch up with. That's awesome. Do you feel any additional pressure now knowing that your friends and their friends are invested in the company? Obviously you want it to succeed, but do you feel like an added burden when you're working late and you're like, oh, I should really do this before the end of the day because I've got all these people who like have these expectations on me. How does it affect your relationship with your company, I guess? <laughs> um, I don't sleep that night that much now, nowadays. I kind of figured that out. But <laughs> I've just touched 30 and like, I, I, I only get like five hours sleep now. <laughs> I get really annoyed when I wake up. I'm like, why have I just had five hours sleep? I can still sleep more. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have it in the back of your mind that your friends and your family and you have, you know, 144 investors. But if you truly believe in what your company is about, you truly believe that you have a future for your company then, and if, if you have the structure in place at work, then everything else gets taken care of. So like one of the main things I have a structure at work and the main belief in is that I'm going to make my team happy. I'm going to make sure that my team is extremely happy, has a vision of where they want to go to. Once they're happy, they make members happy. You know, and once members are happy, they'll spend money and they'll make my investment, investors happy. So that's the kind of ladder you can kind of say, or even hierarchy. Um, but you know, that, that's what, that's how I think a company structure should be. So yeah, I mean, you know, it is in the back of my mind and it's just a bit of an impression like any businessman with, um, investment might have, but if you take care of, if you take care of your structure properly, then you wouldn't, you don't need to worry about it too much. And that sleep thing is just because you just worry about, you don't worry, but 
you always your mind's always going and your mind's always ticking on and you just you don't sleep you know? <laughs> yeah it's part of the deal isn't it when once you have a business you give up sleep you give up social life <laughs> yeah it, it just all goes hand in hand it's uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think it gets any better once your team gets bigger either I thought, really oh, we'll get more people you know? in and it'll get easier. No, nah, it doesn't get easier. It gets harder. <laughs> you know that thing about delegating? Yeah, it's great, but mate, <laughs> like, you still don't sleep. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You don't delegate everything. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So um, you ran an event, didn't you, as part of the as part of the crowdfunding and as part of the launch. How, how did yeah. you do that? And, and was that to attract additional investors or was that purely for the people who had invested in you already? It was a bit of both, to be honest. Um, so we ran, we ran one, and we put it onto our. Um, in each pitch, you have a discussion board that you can put stuff into. So you can put things like exciting news about your company, like if you just um, secured a new partner or whatnot, or if you secured, um, you know, a new deal somewhere. So you put it on that discussion board. So we put a, we put an event up. So we created an investors event that we put on Eventbrite for people to get tickets to. And yeah, it was just a case of. Um, getting people down to one of our fitness classes and doing like a meet and greet because it's always good to meet your potential investors. And in terms of promoting it, what we did was we just sent it out with our newsletters. Uh, we told our friends about it. We, we put it on social media and that's pretty much it. And that's how we promoted it. That's awesome. So fast forward to today. How long ago was this? Was it that you raised the, the money? So we raised it in August 2015. Okay. So we're about a year and a half or a bit longer since then. So where is the business today? How are things going? Yeah, the business is doing really well. I think all, all people, all business owners try and say that. But um, <laughs> um, I mean, we launched, our, we launched on, so we opened our doors on the 8th of February, uh, 2016. Uh, so it's just been, just been over a, a year and a, a month. We've gone from strength to strength in, in, in to, which is probably the best way to um, put it. You know, we've built a very, very strong team. We've kind of found our footing within the fitness industry and what we're about. Uh, we stuck to our gun from the from day one. Uh, we have made a, ho- a hell of a lot of mistakes, you know, as business businesses do, but we've managed to be really quick and overcome those mistakes and um, make make them right again. Um, and that's what we um, that's what we are as a team. And you know, we. In terms of team-wise, we've managed to. I now have a head of operations who, you know, looks after all operations within the company for me. I have a brand coordinator now who looks after our social media, uh, our marketing, and our community outreach. And then I also have a studio manager who looks after all aesthetics work. Uh, we have two front of house. We have two front of house people on our team, um, and then we have a team of thirteen trainers all together. So we have a team of nineteen now. That's awesome. And I'm guessing none of this would have been possible without the injection of capital from the crowdfunding. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that crowdfunding made, you know, we used a hell of most of that to build the place. So to make it because we took it as an empty shell. So there's nothing in here. We had, you know, there was no walls, there was no floors, no ceilings or anything. Uh, we had to get an architect in, uh, we had to get a building team in, uh, build it up from scratch. Then we had to use some of that money to get equipment. And then, yeah, and they would just go, go, go from there. That's awesome. Congrats, dude. That's, that's sick. So are you guys profitable now or do you have a, do, can you see profitability like coming up in the, in the near future? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we started to make profit now. Uh, so a year and a bit later, we started to make profit, which is great. And then we're, you know, I, me as a, a business owner, I haven't taken anything out yet. I've just, I've reinvested everything um, to make the company better, whether it's 
buy new equipment or take on a brand coordinator or we're going to look to upgrade the studio as well so i'll look to reinvest my what if you know if i was to take any money out i'll reinvest it into that so you know as for me it's more about making sure that we're building a business that is sustainable and has a long life yeah that's sick so um for people who are listening who are thinking about crowdfunding it, what would you do differently if you were to do it all again? Would you do anything differently? I would pitch for more money. <laughs> really? That's interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, it was when we first went for the 75K, I think we were quite tight in what we actually um, were uh, pitching for. But I think if I was to do it again, I would try and pitch for just a little bit more money just because when we first started, we didn't have that much working capital. So, um, you know, all the money that came in, we had to pay for rent rates. And it was, you know, there was so many outgoings, so many unforese- unforeseeable outgoings. Right. Um, but for me as a business owner, that was a lesson I learned in the beginning. And now that if I was to go crowdfunding again, I know that now. And yeah. I know how to ensure that, you know, you, you're not always touching that bottom red line, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would definitely... You know, as, as, as during this year and a year and a month, I've learned so many lessons, unbelievable. So I could give, probably give you a thousand things that I'll probably do differently <laughs> as a business owner. Um, but, you know, for, for me, I, I love learning. I love to develop. Um, and I, and I, I'm fully aware that I'm still a very young business owner. So um, I'm always looking at ways I can make, uh, make myself better as a businessman. Yeah, that's lucky. That's lucky. You're in the right place then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about. So, would you have would you have been happy to give away more equity, or would you have valued yourselves higher? Like, what what would you have done if you were to ask for more money? We'd probably have to give away more equity because we had a good valuation. Uh, we had a very sensible valuation, uh, so it would have been a case of giving, giving away more equity. Fair enough. Um, is there anything that you wish you'd known before you started, other than? allowing yourself this kind of, uh, I guess, allowing yourself a bit of breathing space for the unforeseen costs that might come up. Yeah, all those thousands of mistakes I've, uh, I've, I've <laughs> told you about. I wish I knew all about them. <laughs> um, but no, no, I mean, um, anything that I wish I knew, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's just so much advice that I've been able to take over the past year and a bit. So, like, you know, it's okay to be patient in you know, in some situations as, as, as an entrepreneur, all you want to do is just go, go, go. So like if you're in a situation and a, like a, a scenario comes up and you're like, yeah, okay, that will fix it. Um, just do it and then get over it and then move on to the next one. But it's okay to sometimes, you know, just take a step back, look at the whole situation and learn from it and then move on by taking your time on it. So, you know, that's probably one of the, one of the key things I've definitely learned. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think one of the most amazing things about your story is a lot of people jump into crowdfunding campaigns without any idea of how they're going to market or going to promote, right? They don't really do any market research first and they just set up a page and then they hope that it succeeds. I think the amazing thing is that's pretty much what you did, but you managed to, once it was live, you still managed to build enough visibility and kind of market it on the fly to get it to get it funding i think that's incredible and it's a testament to your uh, to your personal network and your tenacity um and uh, a kind of unwillingness to to see this thing go unfunded so yeah nice job dude really inspirational thank you very much that's very kind of you but i mean we, we previously to that i mean we we built a business plan and it took about four months for us to build a business plan so we put a hell of a lot of work into that 
into that phase previously to even crowdfunding. So uh, that business plan itself, there was so much like there's so much stuff that we had to. Uh, there were so many mistakes in that business plan that we had to make better and uh, we had to correct um, and we did a hell of a lot of market research about you know who else was around what else other people doing so the, the the market phase yeah absolutely um, there, there were a few there were a few things that uh, you know we you could have say we winged it in a way um, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of thought process behind everything that we did um, like for, especially in our business yeah you had the plan in place and then the marketing stuff you figured out as you went no absolutely cool matt this has been awesome thank you so much where can people find out a bit more information about you and the business yeah so they can you can hit me up on twitter uh which is matt low underscore official or you can find us on any instagram page or twitter page and it's at fitmebody which is f-i-t-m-i-b-o-d-y or just come to our website fitmebody.com Amazing. Thank you for sharing, buddy. Talk to your team. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Tim here again. If you enjoyed the Explosion Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast, then don't forget to head over to our Facebook page. Just search for Exposure Ninja on Facebook. We share all sorts of digital marketing tips, tricks, and advice, and case studies, as well as videos and webinars that we run as well. So come over, say hello, and if there's any topics that you want to see us covering in the podcast, just let us know on our Facebook wall.